Hey, I'm Rebecca Hamilton, creator and owner of Chick Boss Cake. Thanks for joining me on my Scrap the Sweet Talk podcast, where I'll be sharing all my best life and business tips and tricks on how I've created the life of my dreams and how you can too. I'm a no-nonsense, full disclosure, sweet talk scrapping, woman entrepreneur who believes in taking charge of your life and ridding yourself of all the excuses that are holding you back. Guess what? You can now be featured on our podcast. We've got different packages to choose from listed on my website, RebeccaHamiltonCo.com. Get your product, service, or podcast noticed by advertising with us on our podcast, Scrap the Sweet Talk. With thousands of downloads and listeners, we're often featured on the top 100 podcast charts across Canada in the entrepreneurship category, which is absolutely incredible. Let us help you to increase your sales expand your audience by reaching our loyal listeners. I am literally so excited for another sponsored podcast episode because it is sponsored by local real estate mogul Sarah Poirier at Leading London. Um, I've actually known Sarah since before she started her real estate career back in 2011. Uh, She has been in the industry for 10 years, so you know what that means. She knows her stuff. She serves buyers and sellers in London, Middlesex, Lambton, and Elgin County, And I think that my favorite thing about Sarah is her totally unique and personable approach that she takes with working with her clients. Sarah really cares about achieving her clients' dreams and goals. Chad and I have personally worked with her multiple times, and we both cannot say enough great things about her. Right. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, I love her spirit, her energy. Um, she definitely is the classic example of lighting up a room as soon as she walks in. And um, totally. yeah, she's fantastic. So good. Um, you can connect with Sarah on her website at www.leadinglondon.ca or on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at Leading London. And she is also on Instagram at Sarah Poirier underscore realtor. Even if you're not looking to buy or sell, um, you will definitely love following her account because she is so positive and uplifting and all of her content is positive, happy vibes all around, um, which is totally in line with my kind of content. And so if you love following me and you find inspiration in my posts and in my videos and my content, um, I can guarantee you will love following her too. 
Um, if you're in real estate yourself, Sarah is also such a great leader within the industry and someone you can genuinely look up to for authentic and great advice. Uh, I personally have a lot of friends in the real estate industry, and I think it is super important to connect with each other, connect with other local agents, and help build each other up. As I always like to say, collaboration over competition is key to success. So whether you're buying, selling, or an agent yourself, go give her a follow. You will not regret it. I promise you that. All right, so let's get into the topic of this podcast, which is all about resiliency and how to push through hard times and bounce back bigger, better, and stronger than before. I think this podcast is so relatable to every single person out there since we've all, all of us have had to be resilient in some way, shape or form um, regarding COVID. So whether it be navigating your business through it, uh, dealing with relationships through it or your own personal mental and emotional health through it. Um, simply just freaking pulling yourself through COVID required a significant amount of resiliency. Um, and I think that I can speak for everyone when I say this crap has been hard in some way, shape or form. Yeah, that's an understatement, isn't it? Um, we've all had to struggle in different ways and it impacts so many different people in so many areas and, um, resiliency really hits the nail on the head. Uh, I think it's a fantastic topic and I'm really excited for everybody to get a lot out of it. Yeah, totally. Um, and so I had asked Sarah what being resilient meant to her. And she said, being resilient is the ability to withstand or recover quickly from a difficult situation. Uh, and I couldn't agree more. I think the people who bounce back the quickest from challenging situations are always the most successful because they don't waste a significant amount of time feeling sorry for themselves. Um, and so Chad and I have learned a lot about how to be resilient, both personally and professionally. And we have some tips to share with you. Awesome. Let's get into it. All right. So these are our top 10 tips on how to be resilient. Let's go. Tip number one is be ready so you don't have to get ready. Okay. And this is so important. We've talked about this specific point in previous podcasts, but I think that it really pertains to resiliency um, fundamentally, like super, super important um, in being resilient is being ready so you don't have to get ready because um always doing consistent daily things uh, that help you to be your best self in your everyday life so that when a challenge comes your way, you're already in the best state of mind and the right headspace 
to be able to deal with that challenge. Yeah, that's so important. If you think about um, the the statement, you know, be ready so you don't have to get ready. I love that when we first heard that. Um, I thought it was fantastic. And and basically what that means for anyone out there that, that doesn't understand is that, um, you know, if you think about times in your life when, you know, you're feeling down and frustrated and then something on top of whatever, you know, negative thing happens as well. Uh, it's way more difficult to work through that additional um, you know, thing that you need to be resilient for, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to if you're, you know, taking care of yourself and your health and your well-being and mentally, and you're in a good spot and you're really making that a priority and being mindful regularly, then when those things happen, like, sure, they still suck, right? Don't get me yeah. wrong. They, they're still not fun, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's much easier to limit the amount of time that you spend in that frustrating state. Totally. Um, dealing with challenges is always way easier when you're feeling your best, um, and always way harder when you're not feeling your best. So if you think about times when you're feeling your worst, um, you have no energy, you're tired, you're hungry, you're irritated, and then you're hangry, you're hangry, which is like double irritated. (laughs) I, I'm guilty of that for sure. I definitely get hangry when I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I can attest to this. Yeah. I run and hide. This, that's, yeah, that's probably for the best. <laughs> um, and then, you know, you're already feeling all those bad things. And then, bam, an issue arises. Um, it's going to be significantly more difficult to overcome the challenge, okay? And you're likely not going to reach the most ideal outcome because you're not in a good place to begin with. Um, I know that in real estate, this is especially important right now because things are happening so quickly and they can change or fluctuate in a freaking instant. Um, You've got to be in a state of readiness and preparedness at all times because when an offer comes in or a deal is being negotiated, there is not a lot of time to waste, okay? Um, when there, when you have a house, uh, for sale and you have like, I don't know how many people like going in on an offer. I've heard some really crazy numbers. Um, you need to be the first one, uh, to respond on behalf of your client, because if not, you risk losing that offer and all of that time and energy and work that you've put into it, right? So you have to be prepared. <laughs> yeah, one thing I want to comment in reference to Sarah working with her on, on several occasions is I love how prompt she is. You oh, know, it doesn't yeah. matter, you know, Sunday night, you know, early, you know, Wednesday morning, it doesn't matter when it is, she's always readily available. Um, and, you know, that's something that is, you know, is really unique and rare to find a real estate agent. Some of the most successful totally. ones are like that. The ones that are like, Hey, you know, you get an auto email and you know, I'm out for the long weekend and it's like, they're just doing it on the side and it's not serious. And you know, why would you want to hire someone like that? You're paying the same commission rate regardless. Exactly. So why do I, you know, just cause you know, buddy wants to semi retire and do real estate here and there, or, yeah. you know, Sally, you know, got a real estate license and now she thinks she's going to you know, make all this money and help all these clients. And meanwhile, she, yeah. uh, you know, is making all these other things a priority except her clients. And, um, you know, you're paying a, you're paying a fee, a, a decent fee for this service. And like any service, you expect prompt 
responses. You expect them going to bat uh, on your behalf. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's amazing like that. You know, I always felt that she had her best interest in mind. And, yeah. um, you know, and that's something that is a is an amazing quality about her. Right. And I think that, you know, she she does put in the the work and the effort into taking care of her well-being um, in order to be able to function at the highest level that she needs to function in order to um, serve her clients to the best of her ability and uh, you know I think that she is just she exemplifies that so much Um, because if you're not in the right state of mind fueling yourself with the right foods being in a space of mental and emotional clarity, um, it can cost you deals and it can cost you clients and it can leave you feeling extremely defeated and way worse off than before. Um, think about all of the amount of money that you put into marketing and branding yourself as a real estate agent. I mean, I, I know like you, you are your own business. You're, you're selling, um, yourself Yourself, i don't know right is that a good way to say that (laughs) um you're selling yourself you're branding yourself um you're showing people why you're the best person for the job why they should hire you and you know Mm. what real estate is one of the most competitive industries like it literally is i know so many real estate agents um that are fabulous like there's so many of them out there Um, and that's why in order to be super successful and be at the top of your game, you need to be ready so you don't have to get ready and take care of yourself because you need to be able to stand out and do the best job for your clients so that they don't want to go somewhere else. Exactly. That's awesome. And it's so true across the board with any business, right? So yeah. Yeah. Get ready so you don't have to be ready. Yeah, Sarah is actually incredible at doing this. She prioritizes her own well-being uh, consistently by doing her daily gratitude practices, maintaining a healthy diet, taking care of her body. She does a lot of self-development, which I personally think is the actual number one key to her success. And in fact, self-development is the number one key to anyone's success. It doesn't matter what industry, Um, If you want to be successful in any career, whether you're working for yourself or for somebody else, um, or even just simply living your best life, uh, girl, get on the self-development train and I promise you that you will become the best version of yourself and make all the money you want. Number two, look for the lessons in the tough situations, okay? When a challenge arises, get in the habit of asking yourself this question instantly. What can I learn and what is the universe or God or creator or whatever you believe in trying to teach me? If you're always looking for the lessons in challenging situations, you'll learn and be able to prevent similar challenges in the future based on what this lesson was trying to teach you. Exactly. And um, I mean, isn't that just the, you know, highlight of life right there? Um, You know, the these different challenging situations that you face. Um, you know, and I know I've talked about this before when you're younger, it's like, you know, it's just the end of the world and then you kind of figure Mm -hmm. it out and, you know, these things, you you just get stronger. You build that shield and that armor, um, by looking at the, the lessons that form that resiliency for you. Right. Um, and I think it's so cool that, you know, 
the the quickly the, the quicker I'm able to you know overcome these things now and then I, I go okay I, what I you know maybe a couple of years ago a similar situation happened um, and I didn't you know react or handle it properly but then I can go okay there's a lot of similarities with this new situation um, so I know coming out of that last one I was like okay hey, if this ever happens again or whatever like I'm not doing that or I'm definitely going to do this or whatever right yeah um, and just kind of drawing back on those experience really helps you to you know move forward when it happens in the future. Yeah, there, there, anytime a challenging situation happens, it is trying to teach you something. So if you just reframe your mindset and how you perceive challenges um, to actually just be a lesson to learn something from and you look for that every single time, you it will start to get so much easier and you will learn from how you handled things in your past um, and hopefully handle things in the future better right? Absolutely. That's awesome. Amazing. Tip number three, surround yourself with like-minded people. Okay. So when we go through challenging times, it's so important to have positive, uplifting people to lean on. And I'll just be honest, this has never been my strength. I had been on my own um, since I was 16 and had learned at a very young age um, that the only person that I could truly, uh, truly rely on was myself. So I had, I'd constantly been let down by family, friends, boyfriends, literally everyone my entire life. So it was just um, ingrained in my being that I needed to not get too close to people, not rely on anyone else, and that keeping a safe distance from anyone uh, and everyone was actually best for me. Um, I've since come to learn thankfully, um, that this was an old limiting belief. Um, And while it may have kept me safe in the past, it no longer serves me in the present or my future life. Um, In fact, had I continued on with that uh, thought process, it would have held me back significantly, um, personally and definitely professionally, um, in many, many different areas of my life. So I'm super grateful that I was able to identify that, uh, yeah, just because I believed that in the past, it does not mean that I need to continue with it in the future. Exactly. And I think that's really important. Um, you know, if you think about, um, you know, certain beliefs that served you, Mm -hmm. you know, at a certain time in your life, right. Whether it be survival or whether it be, um, you know, safety, security, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, I think it's really important and that's part of mindfulness is that as we get older and as we mature and and take on new challenges and life experiences to go, Hey, like, does that really benefit me nowadays? Right. Because the life I'm living now, like I've kind of created different things or I'm able to deal with things in a, in a more, um, you know, constructive way. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I should probably look at working on changing that or working on my perception of what that means or whatever the case may be. Um, and, uh, yeah, I remember we were just talking about this last night where, um, you know, 
probably like even just like five years ago, I didn't even know what the term beliefs meant. Like I thought it yeah. meant, you know, which God do you believe in? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I think it's so cool now. I'm like, okay, I can totally see where all these different, you know, beliefs that I, you know, oh, that, you know, this, this is supposed to be like that, or this is how, you know. Sometimes they, they're not even your own beliefs. No. Like they're from your, yeah. your parents yeah. or family or friends. Like they impose their beliefs on you, like with you generally with good intentions, not always, but generally. Um, and you just grow up thinking that that's just how it is. And you don't ever take the time to question, like, is that benefiting me now by keeping that belief? Um, because you can change any belief. You just have to have the awareness, first of all, to tune in to, is this still serving me or question why you believe that? What, where did that come from? You know what I mean? Even like beliefs like surrounding money or, you know, like being in a relationship or anything like that, like take the time and question those beliefs and be like, well, where did they come from? Why do I believe them? Is it serving me? Do I need to keep believing that or should I change it mm -hmm. and go in a different direction with my beliefs? Right? Yeah, that's perfect. That's spot on. Yeah. And this, this was one that I, I had my entire life. Um, I have only began prioritizing uh, relationships and friendships over the past like year and a half, I would say, of my life. Um, and I mean, well, Chad knows, like I literally did not prioritize. I always had friends, but like I didn't prioritize that as being an important part of my life because freaked me out getting close to people exactly even when i first met chad it took me a really really long time like years to actually fully like trust you or <laughs> you know yeah we used to always joke that um you know we've been together for several years and you know i do one thing that i you know hadn't done before and it wouldn't even be a bad thing like i would just i can't even think of an example just something super small and you'd get upset and whatever and, and you'd think I'm going to just change. And this was like the first sign of where I'm going to become destructive and abusive. And I'm yeah. like, no, no, like that, that's not like there's nothing like it's, it's fine. Like I'm, I am who I am. I'm not going to change for the and, and yeah, that was uh, definitely a belief that didn't serve you, um, you know, with me. But it certainly served its time and place when you were younger and mm -hmm. in survival mode. Right. Exactly. And I think a lot of anybody who has um struggled in relationships or friendships or anything like that i think that you know if they took a look into their past they would notice similar to what i did that it served a purpose at one point in your life but now you can change that and now that you're an adult and you can you know handle yourself differently you can pick and choose who you want to be friends with um, you can set boundaries with certain people like it, you're in full control now, right? As opposed to when you were a teenager or a child, you didn't have that level of control because you don't have that level of awareness, right? So now that we're adults and we can reevaluate our belief systems and restructure them to better serve us, um, I think that that is really important. Um, but yeah, it was just over the past year and a half, uh, that I started to really prioritize relationships and friendships. Um, and guess who played a major role in influencing that? It was Sarah. 
Um, of course, it began just like anything with my desire to actually make the change within myself and be open to the idea of cultivating friendships and relationships. Um, but listen to this story because it's like, I just think it is so crazy when I think back on this. Um, I told Sarah this when she had first uh, contacted me about it, but um, we both thought it was like, the weirdest thing, but we both believe in like the universe provides and everything. So, um, it was so cool. So I had decided as part of my new year's resolution in January of 2020. So a year and a half ago, um, that I was going to make new friends. Okay. Which was a really uncomfortable thought for me because I am very introverted and I had a lot of social anxiety. I actually suffered significantly from social anxiety for a long time, like definitely since Chad's known me. Mm-hmm. Um, I should actually probably do a podcast just on that topic. Um, you should. I, yeah, I think it would really help a lot of people on how to overcome social anxiety and how to not let it um, control your life and be depleted debilitating you got it debilitating (laughs) perfect um but literally days after i decided that i it would be my new year's resolution um sarah messaged me and asked if i wanted to be part of a woman's networking group that she was putting together for women in business my God, the universe works in weird ways. <laughs> I said yes before I even had time to convince myself that it sounded like too much too soon. Um, it was literally... <laughs> also an old belief that doesn't serve you anymore. Yeah, no. no. It was literally like a few days after New Year's because I think her New Year's resolution was to create this networking group. So I was like, this is weird. Uh, it's a sign. I need to say yes. Um, and I will figure out how I'm going to actually go to these meetings afterwards. Um, networking had always been my worst nightmare. Dramatic, I know, but literally as an introverted person with social anxiety, it was not something that I was willing to do. For my own well-being, I had really, really strict boundaries for myself um, when it came to networking or any social... Um, I just want to say, I don't think you're alone. I don't think people just crave to be in a large group of people talking about the weather that they don't know. So I feel like a podcast is coming soon on that one because a lot yeah, of people can relate to I feel to like, that. yeah, I feel like that one would help a lot of people for sure. And I, I have no problem opening up about all of my issues. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> why we started doing this. Yeah. I mean, as long as it's going to help somebody, which I mean, I get a lot of great feedback from listeners saying how much it's helped them. So it really helps me hearing that feedback to want to keep opening up and helping more people so um but like seriously i'd always avoided networking at all costs i would always make chad do it if somebody wanted us to go to an event or something uh, chad would be the only one going because i could not handle it and you're good at it you love doing it 
It's your yeah, jam. Yeah, I mean, but even still, like I said, there's certain times where it's a bit awkward. Like even for somebody who doesn't struggle with that. So that's why I'm saying right. I know that, uh, you know, being on the other end of the fence, like someone like you, it, there's lots of people that, yeah. But it's funny. You'd send me that. Okay, go there and talk about our business and like let them know what we're doing. And then like, let, and then call me when we're done. Yeah. You get, <laughs> Chad, you go be the face of Chick Boss yeah. Cake. It's yeah. like, it's a woman owned empowering business, but like, yeah. you be the face of it. Okay. Sure. <laughs> You gotta sit. You happy so wife, good. happy life, right? Yeah, okay. you did so good. Um, so she, so Sarah had started this networking group. Um, she called it Aligned Woman, which I think is just the perfect, most beautiful name. I love it. Um, and we still meet monthly to this day. So I, you know, it was it was the first true step that I took towards making relationships a priority. And thank freaking God that I did because I met the most incredible women thanks to Sarah being the natural connector that she is. Um, And since being part of that group, it helped me become way more comfortable putting myself out there and making even more friends and connections in our community. Um, I know that by doing that, um, even though I knew Sarah, I didn't know any of the other women and I was... I remember the first few meetings, I was like really, really nervous and extremely uncomfortable. And then once I started getting to know them and uh, it, it really pushed me to be able to, you know, even do this podcast or start doing videos, because when you're in a group of women like that, um, encouraging you and empowering you to push yourself outside of your comfort zone and try new things. Um, You just, you feel way more supported. And I think that that made it a lot easier for me to step outside my comfort zone and do all of those things that I would never in a million years do on my own. (laughs) Yeah. And support is so important, right? Like if you think about, you know, any of your goals or dreams you're trying to achieve and, you know, let's say you got family or friends that are negative and they're trying to bring you down and, um, you know, you really need to, to get, cut them off and get rid of different or, and find, you know, new friendships, new connections. And totally. I know there was a time and place where, yeah, we, you know, early in our relationship, the people we were hanging out with, you know, um, just nothing in common, no, no, no connection, no, um, you know, stimulating conversation, none of that. And so if you find that, you know, your friends and family, you're having those like really, um, base level conversation, oh, how's, How's the crag and how's yeah. the, or if you, know. you find it draining exactly. or you find yourself not wanting to go and wanting to actually cancel those plans, those are really good indicators. You need new group of friends. Exactly. Right. So, um, yeah, we were talking about that recently. It's really cool that, um, you know, now we're kind of taking that even further and really identifying, you know, the people that, you know, really bring us up and really support us and really are connected and, you know, want to go out in the world and crush it. And those are the people we like to hang out with. Exactly. And I mean, that brings us into our fourth point, which is uh, similar. Um, and it is make connections and relationships a top priority. Um, so this is a bit of a, an elaboration on the previous point, but I actually thought that it needed to be its own point. Um, it's not enough to simply just surround yourself with like-minded people. You also need to continue to build new c- connections, <laughs> new relationships, and constantly make them a priority and put the effort into maintaining them. Um, because if you're not putting the effort into your connections or relationships, like anything, 
they will just die. They won't be there. Like flowers I used to buy you that you'd never add the feed to. Well, now I buy my own <laughs> flowers from Fleur de Froche, if that's how you say it. And yeah. I do water them because they're like $100. <laughs> but they're worth it. They're beautiful. <laughs> um, but fostering lasting connections is Sarah's top strength. Um, and it is obvious the second that you meet her. Um, you know when people say, you know, Oh yeah, so and so is so down to earth. Well, Sarah is literally the, the defi- <laughs> Sarah is literally <laughs> the definition of down to earth. And I was way too excited to say that. Yeah, you're just so excited. <laughs> you, you knew what you wanted to say, it and the words didn't come. That was where awesome. I was going with that, yeah. and yeah, because it's. I mean, Sarah, we think you're blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so down, down to, earth. to earth. Like the definition though, of down to earth. <laughs> Um, because she is like when I think of her that's like what I actually think of I think she's a connector she's positive she is beautiful and she is down to earth like those are the top four things that I think that come top to mind when I think of her yeah and you know what like on that note about her being a natural connector and just mm-hmm. kind of really um, you know social and inner element um, she's definitely in like the career that oh, God, um, yeah. you know really feeds her soul right and I oh, think yeah. that that's so cool and you know if you think about if you're you know in maybe in a career that you, you don't like as much or you're mm-hmm. looking to kind of do something that you know maybe you enjoy your hobbies more than your career well you know let's try to change that let's try to make these things um something that you spend majority of your time doing and not just on the side on saturdays exactly. or whatever um, because that's what's going to give you the energy you want it's going to get you excited to get out of bed in the morning yeah. um and she's a great example of that yep that will doing what you love um and following what your gift is will truly truly light up your soul so i definitely encourage everybody to figure out what that is and follow that path um i yeah i have yet to meet anyone as down to earth and as easygoing as she is um i've always admired her ability to connect with anyone and everyone um one of her many gifts but uh before she got into real estate and before i started chick boss cake um we had actually worked together at a, a local shelter for abused women um she was actually one of my bosses there and uh it was just so beautiful to see how she could truly connect to women of all walks of life regardless of their challenges regardless of their pasts um they could have been living on the streets their entire lives or in and out of jail and i kid you not sarah would always always treat them with the most dignity love and respect and you know watching her do that and make these women feel so valued and loved uh, truly, truly touched my heart and soul. So she really sets a strong, uh, example of how I wanted to start showing up in the world too. Um, and you know, being in real estate, it's 150% all about connections and relationships. If you're thinking of getting into real estate or you are in real estate, um, you know, the ability to connect and build strong relationships will be the determining factor of your success. 
Yeah, and in a genuine way too, right? Now, like, hey, I do real no, estate. Here's it my has card, to right? Be it's genuine. like nobody cares. So yeah. it's it's more of like, yeah, this is just showing up often. Yeah, you know, being involved in all kinds of things, regardless of whether you get a client or not, right? Yes. Um, and I feel like that's what the best, real, most successful real estate agents do. They know it's not about just you know throwing their card around to everybody. It's about um, you know just being involved, connecting with people. Um, totally. You know, hey, this guy does plumbing. Why well, I'll set you up with this guy. He does uh, whatever. Like for no no hidden agenda, just genuine connections and relationships and um yeah so she she absolutely exemplifies that and that's what um why we you know went with her again in our second uh home and um you know why we continue to refer her to people as well right so yeah exactly i think um you know in any industry when you're dealing with clients or people are maintaining those relationships like be a friend first and anything else will fall into place like if you just come at like business or building client relationships from a genuine sense of friendship and caring and well-being um, with those people, everything else will come from that, okay? And, you know, like I said, real estate is super competitive. I have a lot of friends in real estate. Um, And, you know, we we all can connect together in different ways i mean there's so many ways that we can help each other out um and sarah has developed a killer client appreciation program um, which i think is so cool where she delivers super thoughtful special gifts um one of my favorites was we showed up at our house um just surprise there's a pumpkin on the porch with her logo on it It was so cute that's like one of my favorite memories amazing um and uh she does handwritten birthday cards and christmas cards and you know what i don't know about you but i don't get handwritten birthday and christmas cards from anybody else so it's so special not in this day and age not in this day and age Yeah. yeah Um, She also hosts a really awesome ladies wine night, which I have been lucky enough to attend multiple times. Um, She does customized welcome home baskets with handpicked items to complement her buyer's new homes, which is super, super thoughtful. Um, And home anniversary cupcakes from Chick Boss Cake, which is my personal favorite, but totally biased. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I love that she also uh, she also lends staging items to help her sellers uh, to put the finishing touches on their homes prior to listing. Um, to sum up this point, feeling a sense of connection and building relationships makes you feel like you're not alone in whatever challenges you're dealing with. So yeah, it, when we're talking about resiliency, it's super important to first of all, build new relationships, make them a priority, um, and also make, uh, sustaining them a priority and always doing new things. Right. Yeah. Like if you think about forming connections and, and, you know, surrounding yourself with a great support system, that's really important with resiliency because when stuff happens, you know, you need those and it's not about having all, you know, some person that you can just air vent on but it's more of like you know yeah like when that those things happen yeah hey, what can we do like what's you know come up with brainstorming solutions mm-hmm. with those connections of the people that you're you know building those relationships with and i think that's really cool in those situations that's yeah, awesome yeah you need people to lean on and you mm-hmm. it's also really good to 
um, have a support system that you can bounce ideas off of too and bounce your challenges off of because um, more times than not, uh, outsiders can see outsiders, like friends that are outside your situation, (laughs) not strangers, but um, friends can often offer a clear perspective on things because they don't have the emotions attached to the challenge the same way that you do. So I think being able to get different perspectives from different people in your life that you trust um, that have your Once back. Once again, they have to be the right people. The right people yeah. for sure. Um, you know, it. I think that that is like amazing. Yeah. Like you need that for That's sure. Awesome. Okay, number five. Avoid negative coping mechanisms at all costs. Okay. So it might be tempting, but do not sink into negative, unhealthy patterns or habits like drinking, drugs, gambling, etc. Um, instead, replace it with healthy coping. <laughs> I can't even talk. You're doing great. Instead, replace it with healthy coping strategies. Um, because once you start going down any of those negative pathways, um, there is absolutely nothing good that will come out of it. Um, and in fact, you can just get yourself further and further and further, um, down those dark pathways and it can become like major issues down the road. So if you can just avoid those at all costs, when the temptation is there, um, find other healthy ways to cope with, the stressful situation yeah exactly and like your whole um consistency over intensity uh mantra um yeah i mean just creating those positive habits regularly often so that you know when something happens and you need that sense of resiliency um you know mm-hmm. it's much easier to to push through that and um yeah i mean it's not to say you know you you don't want to refrain from living a little but um it's about not staying in that place for an extended period of time right um you know and that's something that uh yeah i think it's really cool if you can kind of figure out that proper balance and um yeah you're you're your own worst critic so um you know whatever the benchmark or standard is for yourself typically that's what you're going to allow right so i I know that you and i've talked about this many times in our relationship that Mm -hmm. you know maybe we have some fun maybe we kind of you know do some things that are a little bit outside the boundary and whatnot but you know we we typically find ourselves going, okay that, like that's enough like i you know i have a higher standard for myself or yeah i had some fun or whatever but um you know i'm now i'm gonna get back on track and we're really mindful in that sense yeah like if i drank a whole bottle of rose last night uh for father's day when my parents <laughs> were here <laughs> which is true <laughs> which did happen um, I'm not going to drink a bottle of wine every night going forward because that's not a good, uh, habit exactly. to be in. <laughs> and, you know, we all have habits. Um, so you may as well make them healthy ones. It's awesome. Number six. I love number six. Um, it is help people. Okay. Offering help to others will make you feel better instantly. Um, as humans, we have a basic need to feel like we're contributing to society in some way. Um, and the two main reasons why I think that helping people helps you to be resilient are number one, I think that when people help others, it can take our minds off whatever challenges we're facing. And number two, 
helping others makes us realize that we're not alone um, and we're not the only ones with challenges and it can make us feel less isolated and alone. Yeah, I love it. Um, kind of similar to how, you know, whenever I'm feeling down or disappointed or just kind of off, um, you know, I, I automatically have trained myself to switch to gratitude and start kind of, you know, breathing and thinking and feeling of things that I'm really grateful for when I'm in that frustrated state of mind. And it makes me feel awesome. Right. And yeah. I can typically do that um, really quickly now, which is awesome. And it took a long time to, to practice that. Um, and similar to that is, is helping people. So, yeah, I mean, frustrated, whatever's going on, and you just kind of, you know, lend that help to, to somebody else. And, you know, you see that thankfulness and that appreciation on their end. Um, it's such a cool feeling, right? Um, and I love that. And as human beings, I think we're all meant to kind of help other people. Um, you know, the whole good Samaritan thing, like just you, you get that in return. And, um, you know, a big part of that is, you know, why we donate $1 of all of our cake sales to, yeah. um, to make a wish foundation. I mean, these poor children, um, you know, are sick and they don't even have a fighting chance at, um, you know, and, and they're children, right? It's terrible. Mm -hmm. So, um, to give them that sort of excitement and that, you know, feeling of, um, looking forward to, to doing, you know, whatever wish that they're offered is, is just amazing. And, um, it, it's just so awesome that we can do that and give back in that sense. And, um, yeah, I feel, amazing about it. And that's something that allows me to push through different forms of resiliency because I can, you know, I just, you know, I, I switch to gratitude. I switch to helping people. I switch, like I, I just snap out of those negative mind states quickly. And those are a couple of the tools that I can do pretty much at any given, any given time. Yeah. And so anytime that we are faced with, uh, a, a big challenge um, personally or professionally or whatever, we always try to think of something that we can do to help somebody else while we're going through that challenge. Um, the one thing that I, the one time that this happened, uh, I don't know if it was last, a couple of years ago, I guess. Should I tell this story? Yeah, you can tell it. Susie's her name. Okay, that's the Susie. name we call everybody. I, that's not actually real. I loved Susie. It's so a real much. scenario, <laughs> really. but her name's not Susie. <laughs> so we had the staff, um, and we had so many challenges uh, with this person. Um, she was not a very positive person. She did not fit in with our culture very well. Um, and unfortunately, we had to let her go because it was really, really an awful fit. Um, and it really disrupted the culture of our team. And it was just a bad situation all around. Um, and to be honest, like, I don't think that, you know, somebody like that really wants to be in a positive environment when you're not a positive person. It's awkward, right? For exactly. Both parties. Yeah. Um, so anyways, we had to let this girl go because she was, it was not a good situation. Um, and then she blasted us on social media um she posted all of these like really crazy like negative like lies false things that were not true at all um which actually reinforced the fact that we made the right decision letting her go because yeah, isn't that always a cool thing right <laughs> yeah. it's almost like you break up with an ex and then they and then they go postal you know, then they, and you're then like they, then oh. they have a restraining order and you're like yeah. okay well that is definitely the right decision thank you, know? you for showing me that i made the right decision <laughs> i really am grateful for that that we didn't yeah. keep you longer than we yeah, needed yeah this to. could have escalated have if, if years went on with this yeah. oh god yeah <laughs> So anyway, so we, we went through all this. Um, it was a really stressful time because we just we were getting messages and, and concerned customers that genuinely cared about us were like, oh, do you know that so-and-so is saying this about your business? Like, yes, yes, I do. I'm, I'm very well aware. 
Um, but I don't like to feed into that negativity. Uh, I usually just, I ignore it. I block anybody that is, you know, posting hateful things or whatever. I have no time for that. I'm living my best life. I don't give a crap what you think about me. Um, so anyways, when all this was going on, it was just, there's one thing after the other. And, um, it was just at the time where this explosion happened in old East London, um some lady drove her car into some gas line or something and it exploded and it was like a really big uh traumatic um thing that happened in our quote in our community and you know it was right during this time where we were like in this challenging situation dealing with a stressful crappy situation and you know normally you would think like oh my god i'm already dealing with all this i can't afford to help out with that or i don't have the time to help out with that but instead chad and i were like you know what we're dealing with this crap like let's just do something really nice for the community and something positive um, in the midst of this really stressful situation and we decided to donate a thousand dollars to which their... was a lot at the time and it was a lot you of, know we and that were... was something we could we barely could even afford to do that and i remember we did that and it, like it was so cool like it was almost like i felt like a weight was lifted off my shoulders yeah. you know the the community was so grateful and i just it was it just felt like it just we sucked all the negative energy out and just filled yeah. it with all this positive vibes yeah and I, yeah, I'll never forget when we did that because it was, it was such a great example of like, you're going through like hell in a hand basket and then you do something that just really counteracts that yeah. and the feeling you get. And it was like, you know, oh, it was just great. And I love that. And I, yeah, I mean, we've now since done, and it's cool, right? You look back at that kind of first time, I would say first mm-hmm. time we done something nice, but like the, the, the first time that you like realize the the connection that gets formed from acting in that way yeah. when you're dealing with things to be resilient to overcome um, and how cool it is that you can turn it around and, and do something awesome for the community. And I love that. Totally. Yeah. No, I love that story. And it's such a great example of helping people um, and just turning to helping people in a challenge, which will help you become more resilient and we'll point you in a more positive direction. (laughs) So number seven is be open and willing to adapt to changes, okay? Look at how COVID affected every single industry. Some places closed down, others expanded and pivoted. I mean, the housing market went absolutely freaking nuts. Um, I can't even begin to comprehend how all of my friends in real estate uh, had to adjust to the seller's market. Um, Sarah was actually saying that it has become the norm to show buyers like 50 plus houses, which is absolutely, I can't even imagine going to look at 50 plus houses. I would be like, I, I don't wouldn't even remember like what the kitchen looked like or, or, or no, what, no. right? Like... And she's been having to write like five, six, seven plus offers. Um, you know, it's crazy because they can't get it. Yeah, it's insane. Um, I also know a lot of people trying to buy their first homes who have just simply given up because it was extremely frustrating being outbid by hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, and I, you know, the housing market and the real estate, uh, industry has really, really, really had to adapt and adjust and work 
harder than they ever had before. Yeah. And I can only imagine, um, you know, what Sarah and other real estate agents have to do from a, you know, emotional. And I, that's something I always yes. envy about real estate agents oh, having yeah. to deal with. Cause you know, even when we, you know, were involved in that years, like each time it's like, it's super stressful. Right. Yeah. And so to have to deal and navigate those emotions on behalf of your clients and oh, make yeah. them feel calm and let them know you got their back. And she's such a wonderful example of that. Right? Yeah. If you're a real estate agent, you're basically a therapist too. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> pretty much because yeah. it, like your home is your most expensive purchase, like in your lifetime. So it's like, it's stressful regardless of the circumstances, let alone, you know, you're a real estate agent and you have to, you know, deal with and manage other people's frustrations and you know they're upset because they didn't get that house because they didn't you know they couldn't afford to bid hundreds of thousands of dollars over right um so your willingness to adapt to changes in your industry determines the level of success that you'll achieve 100 percent Absolutely. And I'm sure there's tons of agents that said, okay, I'm not doing this anymore because this is crazy. Yeah. And oh, I, I don't yeah. want to deal with my clients that are, you know, beat me up and, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm just right. Exactly. It's like anything. It's like, oh, I don't want, right. You can go one way or you, there's a fork in the road. Which yep. one do you want to take? Yeah. You either yep. give in and give up or you rise up and you take over. Yep. So, and you know, I've, I've watched Sarah through this whole process and she has really, really risen to the occasion on this. So it's awesome. Number eight is learn from your past. So reflect on previous experiences that were tough and challenging and how you were able to overcome them. Think about what worked and what didn't work. Uh, adjust your strategy to be able to better overcome future challenging situations. Don't just keep doing the same thing over and over that hadn't worked in the past because isn't that the actual definition of insanity? <laughs> it is. It is, right? Um, and yeah, I mean, if you think about, you know, when you're younger, it's like you just do the same stuff over and over and you think they're, you're just not resourceful enough. No. Right? And I think that that's something that I've definitely learned. It's like, okay, well, if it is not working, like sometimes, okay, maybe minor tweaks can help. Um, but there's other times you need to make major changes, mm -hmm. totally. um, to learn from your past and, and overcome that. And I think that's really cool when you start to figure that out. Yeah, definitely. Number nine is anticipate the challenges. So what I mean by that is look ahead and think about what challenges you may run into. And I'm not talking about like constantly worrying or stressing about things that may or may not happen. That's not healthy. Um, but simply just being aware of what challenges you may run into and either implement like preventative measures or having a simple strategy for when and if that happens can be a game changer. Yeah. So this is kind of like taking that, you know, learn from your mistakes and past to a next level. So the next level of that would be, okay, not just waiting for that same thing to happen and then be like, oh, okay, uh, damn, that sucks. Uh, what did I do okay. last time? Okay. That didn't work. Let's do something different. Okay, good. That's step one. Yeah. Um, step two is to make preventative and proactive 
um, you know, changes or systems or approaches to anticipate those challenges. So a great example in our business is, okay, Mother's Day is typically the busiest weekend of the year for us. Yeah. Um, okay, well, what did we learn from last Mother's Day? I'm not just going to go into this Mother's Day blindly. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm making <laughs> changes like, you know, in the months and weeks that follow this, right? Yeah. Um, you know, we're, I'm getting stocked. I'm getting prepared. I'm getting staffed. I'm doing everything, right? So then when that week comes, um, you know, I know that, Typically, when everybody orders, you know, regularly, it's really spaced out throughout the year. Mm-hmm. They're all ordering for that week, right? Um, so yeah, that's and and it relieves the stress. It allows you to, you know, be resilient because you um, are prepared and organized, and you're really um, kind of looking ahead. And I think that that's something that I sucked at for many years. Mm-hmm. Um, you've always been awesome at that. You're way more organized than I am. Um, that's an understatement. <laughs> one of us has to be. I mean, I don't think that we could build this yeah. big of a business if one of us wasn't. But yeah. at least you're catching up now. Yeah. So you're doing a really good job. Tricks. I evaluate you based on how you handle the situations that you struggled with last year, (laughs) like the busy days, and you've definitely improved significantly. So awesome. Yeah. Always room for improvement. That's great. Yes, totally. So number are we on number ten? Number ten. Wow, we're on number ten. Okay. Um, be solution focused and don't host your own pity party i'm not going to that party <laughs> that party sucks That's, yeah. i don't want to be at that party no. there's definitely no wine there so i'm not gonna be, be a there. funny video if we could we get a bunch of people video, and they're yeah. all just being negative and pitying and they have having like having a pity party yeah just having a pity party <laughs> right that'd be hilarious oh my god um resilience all comes down to how quickly you can get back up after you fall okay I learned how to be resilient at a very young age when I dropped out of high school and moved out on my own at 16. Um, The best part about overcoming challenging situations is that the more challenging the situation is, then the higher tolerance you have for feeling overwhelmed and stressed. So um, if I had to fend for myself at 16, Do you think that a small daily inconvenience like a spilled coffee or a rude customer ruins my day? Because they don't. (laughs) Um, I have already been through a lot of really stressful situations, really tough challenges. So, you know, small daily inconveniences don't affect me at all. Because I'm like, how can I even be slightly upset about this when I have already overcome much larger challenges in my life, right? Um, I've already been through way worse and I've built my level of resiliency to an extremely high level, which is truly, um, you know, what I owe all of my success to, honestly. And I have seen Sarah do this time and time again, both personally and professionally. And she's honestly one of the most resilient people that I know too. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, one of the things that I was just thinking when you were talking there is that, you know, I know for me that, um, you taught me like in order to like really like strengthen that, that skill, right. About being able to like find solutions and not be, you know, overwhelmed and frustrated is like, you're like, you have to start making decisions on your own. So I know in the beginning of our relationship, obviously, you know, 
you wear the pants, it's pretty clear to, to see. And um, I would just allow, hey, what do you want to do? I don't know, right? Just like being a typical guy, what do you want? What do you want, right? Yeah. And, and you would just make all the decisions and we would do whatever, you know, that you'd say we do. And I mean, obviously that's still true because to this day for the I most part. But I am bossy um, and that's why right. I am the founder and CEO because I need to have some <laughs> level of control and... It's just my bossy personality. Exactly right. <laughs> but it didn't allow me to strengthen my solution-focused mindset that's to avoid being at a pity party. Um, yes. I had true. to start to make a lot of decisions on my own. And, um, you know, if you think about when you're a child, your parents make all the decisions. And I meet you and you're making all the decisions. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, so to really start to um, practice that and figure things out and, you know, think ahead and find solutions and, and yeah, like now when things happen with the business or with life or whatever, it's like, I don't go to the pity party state. Like obviously it sucks, right? But it's more of like, what do we have to do? Like I ask that question every time. Okay, what needs to happen? Mm-hmm. What needs to happen? Because instantly I'm like, I need to like get out of this problem yeah. as fast and as efficient as possible. So I don't care about the emotion. I don't care about any frustration that's involved. That's not going to help me in getting the hell out of this problem as soon as possible back to where it's not a problem. So, you know, the whole, what do we got to do? What needs to happen? What it's not like, oh my God, this sucks. And we're just going to kind of talk about how much everything sucks for the next half hour. What good does that do? Right. Um, And yeah, I mean, obviously there's many people out there that, you know, people that even just spew on social media, oh, you know. Like I was saying in another podcast, you know, anti-government rants with COVID. It's like, well, what's, what's yeah. that going to do? It's not going to do anything. <laughs> know, right. So okay, great. Ridiculous. Yeah. Like I get it. COVID yeah, sucks. It sucks. Like we're all yeah. dealing with this, you know, so, but w- what benefit is that going to do? Like, where's the solution in that? Right. Yeah. yeah. You get attention. Maybe it makes you feel better for short, you know, term. A short term, but there's no long-term, you know, product proactive and product productivity, productivity um, yeah. involved in that whatsoever. Um, so yeah, I think that's really cool now where it's like, okay, well, what do we have to do? What do we have to do? Um, and uh, yeah, that tolerance is built really high now. And yeah, once you start, and, and the tough part is with empathy, whether it was staff or with other people in life, maybe family, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where they're, you know, it's the end of the world for them with different things. And, yep. you know, you kind of got to go, okay, that's not even, like if that happened to me, like I wouldn't even... Mm-hmm. Um, but what I do to be fair, like I think back to, okay, well, regardless of age, they're just not where they I'm hadn't at overcome, at this point. Like, they're not there yet. Enough exactly. Challenges. Right. So I'm like, they're not quite there yet. You know, I was at that spot many years ago, so yeah. I, I can understand and empathize with, with where they're coming from, but it, it does make it kind of challenging to be like, okay, like, mm-hmm. you know, like what can we do to like help? And, and the tough part, you know, for me is how, like, how do I help people get to that spot quicker? And I haven't figured out the answer for that. I feel like just time and trial and error and going through different, um, you know, life situations is in essence the only thing that's going to help you get there quicker. Yeah, totally agree. It's so true. So those are our top 10 tips on how to be resilient. I hope that you found these tips helpful. Um, If you have any of your own tips on how to be resilient, I would love to hear them. You can share them with me. Um, You can find me on Instagram at Rebecca at Chick Boss Cake, or I'm on Facebook as Rebecca Hamilton Co. 
Or you can send me an email, and my email is Rebecca at chickbosscake.com. I would love to hear from you. Thank you so much to Sarah Poirier at Leading London for sponsoring this podcast on resiliency. Sarah serves buyers and sellers in London, Middlesex, Lambton, and Elgin County. You can connect with Sarah on her website, which is www.leadinglondon.ca or on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at Leading London and also on Instagram at Sarah Poirier underscore Realtor. I know you'll love her just as much as I do, and you will definitely, definitely find great value and inspiration from following her. She's truly a beautiful human inside and out. Want to sponsor an episode on our podcast? Head on over to my website, rebeccahamiltonco.com and get your product, service, or podcast noticed by advertising with us on our podcast, Scrap the Sweet Talk. With thousands of downloads and listeners, we're often featured on the top 100 podcast charts across Canada in the entrepreneurship category, which is absolutely incredible. Let us help you to increase your sales, expand your audience, by reaching our loyal listeners.